We've acted very corruptly against you and have not kept your commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the people. And if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though you are outcast, are in the uttermost parts of the heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them into the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people who have redeemed by your great power and your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of the servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now, I was a cupbearer to the king. It wasn't about the wall that was torn down. It was never about the wall that was torn down. It was about the relationship with God's people that was torn down. It was the relationship that was torn apart. Do you see the pattern? I wrote a broken wall. Provoked a broken heart. Over a broken covenant due to a broken relationship. Do you see what was happening? In Nehemiah's entire prayer, it's not about the wall, it's about the relationship that God's people once had that was broken down, that was in rubble, that was sitting stained with the ashes and the soot from the fires that came against it, and it was lying in a heap. It was never about the broken wall. It was about the repairing of a relationship that once stood strong. Don't you know we were never supposed to be wall repairers? We were supposed to be wall shatterers. In Joshua chapter 6, when the charge is led against Jericho, we were meant to crush, to break down walls. In Matthew 16, he says in front of Peter, he says, Don't you know that on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand? The gates won't stand because we are coming against them. We were never supposed to be walled rebuilders. We were supposed to be wall destroyers. But sin happened. Sin came into the camp. A wall was always a picture of God's affirmation, his surrounding. The first time we see the word wall in scripture is when Moses is leading God's people into freedom and it says that walls of water were on both sides. God's deliverance, his affirmation, his surrounding. His protection. And the people found themselves, like we read in Nehemiah 1, it says that they were in great trouble and they were full. They were literally captured with shame. 
And did you catch ear of what Nehemiah cries out? He says, O Lord God of heaven, great and awesome God who keeps covenants, who keeps his steadfast love. He highlights four things about his God. He says, God, number one, you are great, that you are powerful, that you are big enough. Maybe today the lie that the enemy has been torturing you with that has kept you in a place of disrepair is that he isn't big enough. That he isn't powerful enough. That he isn't able to take away the stains from the fire on the brick that is now in rubble of your life. But I'm telling you, Jesus came and he died so that we could be covered with his blood and so expiation could take place, so that we could be made new. He was the substitutionary atonement for our sins. And he said, I'm making you clean. And maybe you're here right now and you say, God, I, I don't think you're big enough to heal my marriage. I don't think you're big enough to heal my trauma. I don't think you're big enough to heal my PTSD, my anxiety. And you've been believing the lie after lie after lie, and it's been keeping you in disrepair. If that's a lie you've been believing, just please come down front right now. You can just get on your knees down front that God isn't big enough. Just come down right now. Come on, I'm going to keep teaching for a little bit, but if that's you, respond right now. If you're saying, I don't feel like God is big enough in my life, come right now. He will show you. He will show you. He not only says that God is great, but he says God is awesome. If you are a fan of the KGV, it says actually the word terrible. What it's supposed to communicate is that, God, you are worthy to be feared. You are worthy to be feared. You're worthy of me to bow before you, to show you reverence, to pour myself out in front of you. Because that's who you are. I'm going to tell you something. We don't fear the things we don't have faith in. If a little dog was coming to attack me, I would not fear because I do not have faith that that dog could actually do what it says. Maybe you're hearing your reverence for the Lord has been broken. That you have come to a place where you fear yourself, where you fear man, but you do not fear God. That you do not stand before his holiness. That you do not weep before him. And that you have a hard heart. If that's you, I want you to come forward right now. The Lord will repair that relationship if you begin to move in faith right now. That you haven't feared the Lord. He not only says that, God, you are great and that you are awesome. He says that you are God who keeps his covenant. He says that you are the sustaining God. 
Maybe a lie that you're believing in here is that you have to preserve yourself. That you have to take matters into your own hands. That you have to fight for yourself. That you are your sustainer. Maybe you've believed that lie. Maybe you've believed the lie that God's covenant has been eternally broken with you because you have fallen into sin, because you've chosen to sin against him. If that's you, come forward right now. Because God keeps his word. If you feel like you are too far gone from the love of God. See, I'm feeling moved and provoked by the Spirit because did you know that 12 years ago, I was in an orphanage in the Dominican Republic reading Nehemiah chapter 1. And it was there that my soul and my relationship was repaired with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, he's doing a work today. He's birthing something new today. Don't let pride hold you back from responding. Don't let fear hold you back from responding. Don't let worry about this isn't a typical church service hold you back from responding. He says, God, you are great. You are awesome. God who keeps his covenant and his steadfast love. He says, God, you are merciful enough. You are merciful enough to cover all of my sin. A broken wall provoked a broken heart over a broken covenant. Not that God broke, but that we broke. Due to a broken relationship. The ball's in our court right now. You see, as we were talking about trauma, the truth in these people felt a trauma and were experiencing a trauma because of the consequences of their own sin. The Lord has forgiveness for you today if you are experiencing trauma from the consequences of your own sin. All you need to do is to come forward and respond. Please respond. In verse 6. We see the confession begin. And I want to point out four parts to this. He says, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, Confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. There was a national inclusion that took place. Listen, these walls were broken down 150 to 160 years before this prayer was ever prayed. Way before Nehemiah ever came onto the scene, he was in the Persian palace. He was in Susa. 
But he said, no, I'm holding responsibility with the people of God that this isn't them, that this is us. This is us. He wasn't there to sin against God and to receive the blessing of disobedience. He wasn't physically there to see the fulfillment of Deuteronomy 28 and Deuteronomy 30 for the people's disobedience, but he claimed it as his own. He said, this is us. God, heal us. I'm telling you today that if you are here and the Lord's not highlighting anything to you to repent of, to confess of, there's a confession that needs to happen on a corporate level with all of us on behalf of each other. And then when that takes place, that God will heal this land. God, that we confess and we repent of what we have done to stir up a racial divide in this country in this church, in this body, a divide between Jew and Gentile, God. We confess, we repent. We repent, God. We confess on behalf of our brother and sister's sins in here, God. Would you show them mercy, Lord? Would you pour out your mercy in this place, God? Would you heal the trauma? Would you heal the brokenness? Would you heal the body of your saints, God? We repent, Lord. We confess. He says, we have sinned, even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and that we have not kept your commands. He takes personal responsibility right now if you just want to take personal responsibility. You can just lift up your voice right now and take personal responsibility. God, that I've walked in faithlessness, God. Oh, that I've walked in pride, God.
in verse 8. Nehemiah just begins to make an appeal before the Lord. And this is what he says. He says, remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the people. This is Deuteronomy 28, 64. He said, God, remember the word that you spoke to Moses and that you were true to your word in that. That we did disobey and that you did scatter. Remember that. Verse 9 says, but if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though you are outcast to the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. He said, God, just like you said that if we disobeyed, that you would scatter us. Lord, you have done it. Lord, just like you said that if we obeyed and we turned and we repented, that you would bring us back, God, and that you have done it. We saw the wave of this with Zerubbabel in the temple. We saw the next wave with Ezra. And Nehemiah is crying out, God, give me another wave. God, give us another wave in this moment of returning to you. Give us another wave of repairing the relationships that have been broken, oh God. Give us another wave of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Give us another wave of confession, of repentance, of return, God. Give us another wave. God, we pray for the people who are here from the uttermost parts who are as though they are in heaven, that they are so far away. God, bring them in. Return them in right now, God. We make a confident appeal to you, Lord. That you are a God of your word. That what you say will happen. Repair your people, God. Repair your people, God. Don't you see through this confession, through this appeal, that this was the foreshadowing of Jesus Christ? That Nehemiah was saying, although I wasn't there, God, I was there. That I was actively a part of it. And we see the intercessor come through. Just like Moses said, God, put it on me. Let me stand in the gap. Like Paul said, let me be accursed for the sake of my people. Nehemiah is crying out. He said, God, for the sake of your own name. This is what Jesus did on the cross. He was the only one who could take the weight of the sins of the world upon himself. He said, choose me, God. I am ready. I am a vessel. 
so that your people would return to you, first the Jew and the Gentile. I just feel an anointing if we could just start crying out for the Jewish people right now. They would return to God. <laughs> Nehemiah cries out. He said, God, just like you saved your people and you did not destroy them when they went after the golden calf. Just like you listened to Moses, Lord, would you listen to us in this moment as we cry out on behalf of your people, Lord. Lord, as you listen to Moses, God, would you listen to us? Would you incline your ear to us, God, for your people? like the Lord listened to Moses, he is willing to listen. He is willing to listen right now. It's not about the broken wall. It's about us having a broken heart over the covenant of God, which has been broken because relationships have been broken. Nehemiah ends this chapter, he says, this phrase, he says, now I was a cup bearer to the king. This was a place of position, of prominence. He would taste the, the wine before he gave it to the king. 
His job was to guard against poison that was in the cup that was meant for the king. In Psalm 75, verse 8, it says that our Lord has a cup of wine in his hand. God, would we be the ones who guard against poison entering your cup? God, would we take that on as our mission, Lord? Lord, that we don't want to present anything to you that is poisoned that has been poisoned by the things of this world, that has been poisoned by our pride, God. And uh, with these things, we confess that we have let poison slip past us, God. Lord, we want to guard against poison in your cup. It was never about the wall. It was about repairing and rebuilding a relationship. Zechariah 2, there's a promise given by God that he will be the wall of fire that surrounds Jerusalem. It was never about the wall. It was about the relationship. In chapter 2, verse 1, it talks about the, the month of Nisan. If you remember, the book started in the month of Kislev. There's a four-month gap. That there was a four-month war over this in Nehemiah's heart. There was a four-month war for a 52-day battle. I believe we're entering into this war right now. That we are going to war together for these things. That we are going to war together to present our king with a pure and a spotless cup. With a pure and a spotless bride. I believe that there's going to be a divine activation today. Not through us praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit. But through the wave of repentance and through the wave of confession. That there's going to be a God-given activation in this place today. So let's not leave here without receiving what he has promised to us. We had a word go out that he's saying, come, come, come to me. 
I will repair the relationship that was broken. I will repair the relationship that has been torn down. That I will rebuild. That I will wipe away the soot. That I will use the rubble. There's this beautiful picture that historians talk about, that theologians talk about, that because the wall was rebuilt with some of the rubble, some of the smaller rocks and the things that were crushed, that as it began to be settled when they were rebuilding, that it was actually stronger than it was before. Because of the settling, because of the entangling, because of the compressing, that it was actually built into something stronger before. And I declare that, that if you come forward and you ask God to repair you, that he will build you into something that is stronger than before. So I just want to ask very clearly, if you know that your relationship with the Lord needs to be repaired... Maybe you have never made Jesus the king of your life. You have never chosen to humble yourself before him, to confess your sin before him. That's the first place to start. If that's you, I just want you to invite you down right now. You can come up front. You can pack up here right now. If you're here and you know that you have let in the enemy through your disobedience, that there has been destruction, and you're asking God to repair you right now. God, begin the repairing process. I just want to invite you to come forward. Pack as close to the stage as you can, if that's specifically for you. God, I have let sin in. I have been disobedient against you. Repair me, God. Build me stronger. Come close. Come touch the stage. I want to pray for you. Come touch the stage. If that call is for you, Come on right now. Come on, this is the time to bear your heart, to bear your soul before the Lord. Just begin to confess to him. Be specific. Just begin to confess to him. Lift up your voice, saints. Confess to him right now. There is no pride that can get in the way. Because our God is big enough. That he is worthy to be feared. That he is worthy to be revered.
I want to ask you if you're physically able, saints, if you are not up here, if you could just get to your knees and just like Nehemiah, start crying out on these people's behalf right now. Just start confessing and repenting on these people's behalf right now who have came before you. As repentance comes, activation. As repentance comes, so does activation. God, activate your people to stand up. God, activate your people to guard against poison coming into your cup. Lord, we say repair the broken walls. God, that had been broken down for decades and decades and decades. We command these walls to be rebuilt in the name of Jesus. Rise, walls. Rise, walls. Rise, relationships. Be built back up. Be built back up in the mighty name of Jesus.
I just see this picture now of us going around and saying, this is mine. This is mine. I'm taking this back. This is mine. I'm taking this too. This microphone is mine. This speaker is mine. And going around and beginning to identify everything that was ours, that was lost. The people and the souls, the joy, the life, the loss that are out there going around and grabbing them. This is mine. 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 And grabbing back every single thing that was lost. Taking back everything that the enemy stole. Now that these things have been reconciled, now we take them back. The things that were lost, the things that were gone, we take them back now. We take them back. We weren't just rescued for no reason. We didn't just do this for no reason. Now we go and we take it back. We go and start grabbing the things that were ours and saying, those are mine for the glory of his name. They belong to the king. I'm taking that back. This belongs to the king. I'm taking this back. That's his. I'm taking this back. You shouldn't have been holding on to that anyways and grabbing it and taking it back. And it's time for us to go and plunder hell. The gates won't stand against us because we're coming in and we're taking back what the enemy stole. Can we sing that again? The cold hand of the grave. Come on, let's worship like we mean it.
right now, one at a time. I want you to yell out what you're taking back. Someone start us off. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, who else? What are you taking back? Come on, we're not done. If you're the silent one, this is your moment right now. Yeah!
Come on, I just feel like we're supposed to dance together. Come on, let's dance in freedom. Come up, come up, come on.
Come on, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want to read a scripture over us as a prayer, as a reminder, as a mirror of Nehemiah 1. It's Lamentations 3, 19 through 23. It says, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually is remembered and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind. My prayer is that when we feel that we are in that place, when we are being humbled by the Lord, that this we would call to our mind. It says, and therefore I have hope. Because the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. They are new every morning. See, they are, I won't want you to repeat this. Say, they are new every morning for, and then say your name right now. They are new every morning for Nick Massey. Come on. Great is your faithfulness, God. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. God, we praise you today. You are the great faithful one. You don't leave us in our affliction. You don't leave us in a pile of rubble. You raise us up to new life. God, what has been activated in here today, would we take it and we go out and reach the world? God, would we have it as our mindset and as our, our heart posture that we are the ones who are carrying the weight to rebuild relationships? Lord, would there be a new activation in this place? For we don't want anything to pass into your cup. No poison, no sin, for that is not worthy for a king. You are faithful, Jesus. You are the faithful king. You are the faithful king, Lord. We praise you. God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, should we sing like one chorus of one thing one more time and then just, if you need to go, you can go? Perfect. Worship team will know just what to do. Yeah, come on, one more time, one more time.
Hallelujah. Be blessed. Hey, is anybody inspired by the fact that they built a wall in 52 days, two and a half miles long, 40 feet tall in a lot of places, eight and a half feet thick? We have a task that is a lot smaller than that. We have to clear out this back area because people are coming to paint the ceilings. We're going to fill in that gap of concrete that's been there since the dawn of creation. And we're going to paint the floors this week. This is all getting done this week. So can we have some brave souls? We're going to bring everything that's in that back area into the sanctuary without scratching the walls, killing anyone, or breaking any glass. Young men especially. We love you guys. Be blessed.